Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up, War Report family? Your man, Ike Jones, here. It is Monday, January 23rd, morning drop time. We are here talking about the quarterback situation. Is Holden Gariner getting overlooked in this whole QB race thing, man? Let's talk about it right here on the drop. Drop it on him. You are you now... Are now. Yes, indeed. Morning drop time. Your man, Ike Jones, here with Mike Chicka Chicka Jizzle. Monday morning, morning drop time. Mike, how you feeling this morning, uh, baby? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, if you missed a lie last night, I highly recommend, uh, or last yesterday afternoon, I highly recommend you go back and watch it. We had a lot of fun uh, discussing a number of topics, uh, but I know we're going to get a quarterback a little bit more today. Yeah, man, absolutely, absolutely. Today we're talking about the quarterback race. You know, a lot of quarterback competition. Let's be clear. Let's get this out of the way before anybody is suggesting anything different than what we've already said. It is Robbie Ashford's job to lose for QB1, right? Agreed. But it is his job to potentially lose. He could lose it, right? right? Yeah, I mean, that's possible. It, if if somebody comes out there and works, they could win the QB one job. And my question is, if if your thing is you want an experienced guy to transfer in, great. All right, no problem with that logic. But all of the let's bring in uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, who isn't even in the transfer portal, but I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, let's go get him out of LSU." And the Walker Howards of the world, and the if. Uh, What's the kid's name? Carson Beck out of Georgia. If he enters the transfer portal, we need to bring in. We need what because he was a former five, blah, blah. If you're going to go with a guy with no experience, my question is, why not Holden? Does anybody have an answer for me for that? Yeah. So here's my deal. I think part of the reason why Holden has been overlooked is, is because of O-line issues. I understand right. that from last year, but everybody right. agrees the O-line is better this year. Well, we don't or, know. Or potentially better. Not, yeah, yeah. We don't know yet. We but potentially yet. going to be better because that's the reason everybody's like, oh, Robbie's going to flourish. The O-line's going to be better. Well, it's just carryover attitude from last year, I think. You've got a whole subset of people, Ike, who think that you have to be mobile to be good. Yes. Now, I carry this line with TJ Finley. I'm going to carry it with Holden. You do not have to be able to run 
to be a good quarterback, even with a ton of pressure on you. Right. Right. Um, so it's, you just have to go through your reads quickly. You know, you need play calling to, to help you some, obviously. So slow developing plays obviously don't help a non-mobile QB uh, if he is under pressure constantly and your O-line can't protect. But if the assumption is, like you said, that the O-line is better, I don't see why Holden would not be a factor in this race. Right. And I'll tell you what, the way the injury bug strikes in the SEC these days, if they don't pick up a quarterback in a second portal period, you better hope he's ready. Correct. You better hope. Or he's you better ready. hope Hank Brown is some kind of stud, or like you, you, you got a lot of hopes that you're resting on a lot of guys with no experience. Right. Correct. Now, listen, um, I'm a Robbie Ashford fan, but I don't think anybody hears me say it. When I'm a holding Garen or believer, yes, I believe in his arm. I believe in his football IQ. And I think he could play this game at a high level in this league. Now, will he get his chance? The fates will decide <laughs> whether he will get his chance at Auburn. But I think he's going to get his chance somewhere, certainly. So uh, my, I've got my eyes on Holden Garner uh, because the incumbent, who is Robbie Ashford, had issues with accuracy. Now, we went over all the reasons why he may have had issues with accuracy, but the truth is, is he's got to take the next step because if Holden comes out there in the spring and is accurate with the football, it's going to put a lot of pressure on him to, you know, hold on to the job. So I do think he is being overlooked by a, by a large subset of fans. Um, there is a smaller subset that is saying, hey, man, what about Holden? And so I think it's time that we start talking about his gifts and his talents and what right. he can do. Yeah, I'm listen, I'm looking forward to the evaluation that this staff is going to bring into the quarterback room. Um, uh, but but I don't have to go very far to find fans of Holden Garner on the football team. Right. There are guys who are in those rooms who know Holden can spin it. Including Robbie. Yeah. I mean, he said it. He was like, yo, this kid is gonna be good. And he can spin the football. And I think they're they're fans of each other. Which so, they should be. They yeah, should I, be. I think you you yeah. need to make sure the guy that's next. Listen, you you, you want to you want the guy to next that's next to you to be the absolute best he can be and push you and still beat him, right? right. Like because, like you said, you don't know what's going to happen. And if you're a team first guy, you don't want the rest of the people on the team to be garbage. You want them right. all to be great, but you right. want to be the greatest of the great. Hey, if I'm down, I know this guy next to me is going to be able. To, to step in and do their job. So I just feel like it's, I, I don't know. I, I've said it multiple times. I feel like this conversation has been very disrespectful to Holden Gariner and his potential. And again, I, I get it if you're saying, I don't know, but I also don't want those same people to tell me we need to bring in some other kid who's never played before at some other school. Right. So again, if you're bringing in all this Walker Howard talk, I would see, I don't, the, the only thing I hate about the, um, Chasing instant success is is that it gets away from the development piece right. that you know we should be focusing on. Here's a kid who's been in our system. He's been at Auburn. He knows Auburn. He loves Auburn. And he's not gonna sit and wait forever for his shot to play QB. No, he won't. He's not. Now, when we interviewed Cole, Cole said, like, listen, man, holding transfers, there's gonna be a bunch of schools that are just like, oh, the Auburn recruited him, so we'll take him. Right. And he's going to go and he's going to show out someplace and be an excellent quarterback, I think, uh, you know, at the power five level. So 
uh, you know, again, a lot of this is luck and timing for these kids when it comes to if they actually get their shot. So I hope my hope is, is that Hugh Freeze has versions of this offense that fit Robbie and fit Holden because their skill sets are very different. And he likes at least a semi-mobile type seems to be his type. So even some of the guys who may not have been as fast as Robbie, they could still get out of the pocket and run with the football if needed. Right. They could pick up, a, you know, on a third and 10. If you didn't account for them, they might be going for a first down. Yeah, um, I, that, that is that is literally the one question that I have about Holden Garner is can he run? Can he run at least a little? Right, A little. Right. Like he doesn't have to have Robbie Ashford athleticism and mobility. But yeah, to your point, you know, can can he at least be? And yes, I am going to give a reference. Can he at least be Brock Purdy for me? Right. Can he at okay. least move around a little bit, go and get a couple of yards and 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 make something happen, extend a play or two here and there when necessary. That's all I need him to be able to do. I don't need him to to dash for 60, 70 yards. Mm-hmm. But can you get me six or seven yeah. on third and three? Ike, when we attend spring practices uh, this this spring, that's one of the things I'm going to be looking at. I'm just going to yeah. be looking to see, does he run at practice? Does he run sprints? Does he do drills that co- require him to run? Do we know what his 40 time is? Do right. your legs work holding? Right. <laughs> right. Do, do your legs work at all, sir? Like yeah, that's all right. I want. Are they just stands for you to be able to throw, or yeah. are are they actually working in your ability to move around a little bit? Yeah. So I I'll just be taking a look at that this spring to see if he takes off with the football at any point, right? And you know when a play breaks down, just to see if there's some mobility there because it can be helpful. It's not a it's not a requirement, right. but you know, at the end of the day, it really goes back to Hugh Freeze's system and what he puts out on the field and the history that he's had with quarterbacks. So, you know, we've heard a lot about Robbie, um, but people have been very on the on the Auburn front have been very quiet about Holden. Right. Right. But and then there was all this talk about transfer QBs coming in. And I'm I'm more about, you know, B said it on, on our live yesterday. I'm more about developing the kids that we have. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's not a thing of like, well, I, I just, I get so frustrated when we get so excited about guys that we bring in during a class and then we never see those guys develop. And I'm just like, when are we going to have the patience with the guys that we brought in to actually see them through the process? Right. Let them, let them become, and, and, and there's, there's something on both sides of that. Those kids have to be willing to, to see themselves through a process. And, you know, I don't know how many people are willing to sit two, three years, start one year and then make the leap, right? Like you you just don't have a lot of Mac Joneses out there in the collegiate world anymore that will sit for a couple of years and then flourish for a year and a half and then go to the NFL. But hopefully we'll find a couple of those willing to do that here. Right. I mean, when we saw Mac Jones for the first time when Tua got hurt and, you know, in his first Iron Bowl, even though he lost, he had a hell of a game. Yeah, no, he threw for like four hundred something yards. And he, four he had the two picks, but like he was, he was, he was dealing it. Him and Jalen Waddle were doing damage. Yeah, right. And this was a guy again who waited, you know, behind uh, Tua and Hurts. He was QB three. Yep, I, and I'll say it again. He was QB three. Right. And somehow Saban got him to just stick around, and when it, it was his turn. You know the system. You know exactly what's required of you. All you have to do is go out there and deliver the football. Yep. Because you spent two years, two or three years, just absorbing the knowledge. 
that it takes to play QB at the SEC level. Playing so, scout team against that defense that they had and understanding mm-hmm. the speed of the game from that perspective, there's a lot of things that you can learn and not have to take QB one reps to do it. Right, right. So uh, I would like to see Auburn develop a QB pipeline like that. Yeah. Where you have a guy, you know, like Mac. I mean, is Holden Garner like our version of Mac Jones? Where he can just sit, you know, he sat behind, you know, Robbie for two years and then, you know, Robbie does his thing and, and goes on, but he has a shot to play knowing that it's my turn. Now, again, we talked about this. If I'm going to sit for three years, when the other guy leaves, it better be me. Right. It better be me. Yeah, um, and, and that's going to be an interesting question, right? Like, let's say Robbie Ashford, stellar year, gets out of here. Are people going to immediately be clamoring for a transfer quarterback, or is it going to be Holden's time? Well, people are always going to clamor for a transfer quarterback. Number one, depending on who we bring in, you d- you need depth. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. depth. I'm, I'm talking about they want somebody who can, like, is it going to be the whole McCall, uh, Devin Leary conversation where they want somebody to come in and start day one? Yeah, now, can, can we be clear here? There are levels to this thing. I, I don't talk about these levels. Okay. Number one, there was no name at quarterback in the portal that Auburn was rumored to be looking at that blew me away. Hmm. I was blown away by none of them. Okay. Right? So, uh, I, I, they weren't looking at a Caleb Williams in this portal and, and, and the guys they were targeting. I mean, I don't know that there was a Caleb Williams out there at quarterback that was going to be a potential Heisman candidate the next season. But that's my point. That's why I'm not sure why people are clamoring so hard. Now, the next level is, is if there's a quarterback out there like that, you do have to go get him if you have a shot. You know what I mean? If it's it's a guy who could clearly... Change the program. Yeah, right? You have to go get him. That's the the game. But you don't need to reach... You can go get a backup because like Cole Kublick said, they're transferring for a reason. Yeah. What that reason is mostly, you know, because we we're talking about guys who started at their programs. Right. So the only reason if you're the incumbent and your job is not in question to transfer is, is that you want to go do it at a higher level to show what you can do. But there's a lot of guys who get drafted out of the schools that they were leaving. If you're legit, you know, they talked about Spencer Sanders. I mean, he just threw way too many interceptions for me. Yeah, I mean, listen, B. Will was an avid. <laughs> I'm not high on Spencer Sanders guy. I was with him. So um, he now he was very much high on Grayson McCall. I was high on McCall. I was actually high on Devin Leary. I thought both of them could be quality starters uh, with the right kind of situation because I think that they had the moxie to be able to do it. But to your point, neither of those guys scream Heisman Trophy when I put the tape on. They scream or, or even confident first, starter. Yeah, just like we'll get you through. But they, they won't. I didn't even scream first team All SEC to me, based on what they did in their respective conferences that they would have been transferring from. So to that effect, I just don't know why people were clamoring so hard. I don't think it's a bad thing that they didn't reach for a quarterback. And I think that that's actually the best thing, that they they decided we're not, listen, we want you to come in, take a look, da-da-da, but we're not going to over-pursue here. We are satisfied enough with what we have that we can make it through the spring and evaluate what's in our room and not have to reach for something. 
Right. Exactly. And, you know, that could speak to a few things. Number one, we're not going to we're not going to be uh, uh, desperate Debbie out here. Mm-hmm. Just reaching, reaching. reaching. Uh, they did a lot of work in the portal. If you don't get a quarterback, work with the two you got. Yeah. Right. And then bring in maybe somebody who can compete for QB2 after May. Because I don't know that a whole lot of guys that are worth a damn like, are going to be in that second QB uh, portal class. Yeah. Personally. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in that second round of uh, right. transfers. Well, well my, my point is, is, is that if you are transferring, you want to go through spring with your team. Yeah. You want to go through, go through spring with your team. So unless something happens out of the normal with with a with a with a big name QB where he's just like, and it's gonna have to be something personal, like the coach, you know, you know, call my mom a name, I'm out of here, right? <laughs> something odd like that. And you say, hey, listen, I'm done with USC. I'm out of here. And they jump in the portal late. It's gonna be something like that that drives it because I don't. You know, uh, uh, unless a guy goes through spring and loses a job to another guy, but then again, is if he lost the job, do you how do you want him? <laughs> right? Is he on the decline, or are they just that? I mean, depending on the program that he's coming from. Now, listen, I I, I might take QB two from Ohio State if he <laughs> decides to transfer and he loses the job because they they just have a record with QB picking could be QBs. Yeah. I might take a QB2 from Georgia. Well, I mean, it would be Alabama. probably QB3 in most of those scenarios, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, call, looking at you, Joe Burrow. <laughs> right. All right, QB3. Went, went down to LSU, started. Next year, one of the most prolific passing, the most prolific passing season we have ever seen. And still killing it in the NBA, I mean, in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh <laughs> He is, he was QB3 on somebody's roster. Yeah. So if they do go for that, like, you know, we're going to see, I think we're going to learn a lot about how this staff evaluates talent here about what they do in the second portal period. So there's one more shot to go out there and get a guy. And Hugh Freeze, I think, I personally think he's going to roll with Robbie just because of the investment and how they kind of acted and, you know, some of the very public things that we've seen. Uh, But I wouldn't put it past them. Either way, uh, Holden Gariner should be a factor in this. Yeah. And fans should not overlook him because uh, for whatever reason, poor player injuries, you, you may need him. Yeah. You may need him. And, you know, we need to show Holden some love. We, yeah, have, absolutely. we have forgotten about you, buddy. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. Now here's the rest of your Morning Drop. And let's get to some of the comments that yeah. we have out here. Not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I do see RTJ Beat saying, Robert, I got arrested. Hopefully everything is all right with that young man. I hate to see young guys throw away their careers um, over whatever the situation is. I don't even have enough details to really talk intelligently about Yeah, this. once upon a time, a lot of fans wanted Robert. Yeah, right. listen, he's a talented guy. I don't see any reason yeah. why a team wouldn't want him, but uh, hopefully everything turns out okay. I, again, I don't have enough details to speak intelligently yeah. about it, but we did uh, talk about that. discipline yesterday. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just, you know, when I when I saw that, I immediately went back to the conversation we had about disciplining players and how Hugh Freeze is going to handle that, setting a good example for other yeah, players. About it's actually going to be interesting to see. I mean, I would assume that he from the little bit I know, I don't know how he remains on the team um, if this right. turns out to be what it, it sounds like. But. Uh, you know, more details, I'm sure, will be out there for that young man. Uh, James Barnett says, what up, War Report? I agree with you. Robbie will either Robbie will either win the job by a large margin or he will lose it because Holding can make the throws. Interesting. I don't, so I'm going to be clear. I don't want anybody winning the job by a large margin. I want it to be so close that they had to flip a coin and the guy that they went with pans out. And if the guy that they went with doesn't pan out, the guy that comes back in for as the next guy is going to be quality. Like I, I want that to be a close race down to the end. I don't necessarily want the QB one looking over their shoulder. So once they make a decision, make a decision. I don't think the whole, uh, two QB system situation worked out so well. And I'm Hugh Freeze, if if I'm thinking back through his time, has never really been a two QB uh, system guy. So I don't anticipate that being a thing uh, for this season coming up. Uh, But uh, yeah, pick a guy, let's ride with him and and make it work. Uh, In the history, in, in the most recent history of Auburn, two QB things have been, systems have been a disaster. Uh, we had a three QB system at once under Gus <laughs> for like a game. It was a complete circus. So yeah. I ag- agree with you. No two QB systems. I hope we're done with that. Good guy. Go with him. Yeah. RTJ Beats jumps back in. I feel like Auburn will be okay with Ashford. Freeze can develop him and call plays to help him. I'm telling you, I think Auburn had a system problem more than they had a personnel issue. I think that the system made the players look worse than they actually were. Um, and by the time they tried, they recognized the faults in their ways. It was too late. Yeah. They tried to pivot around LSU. The offense looked markedly better moving the ball. But it was like, why did it take like four games to figure that out? Well, I mean, at the point in time, um, you know, it was still them trying to figure out how TJ was going to be QB one and still get utilization out of Robbie. Right. So I I think in that situation, they probably should have after probably the second game where it wasn't really, really after Penn state, it should have just been like, you know what, let's this two QB thing. Nah. And then once Robbie became the starter, you didn't really see a pivot in the Missouri game into a system that worked well for him. Right. And, and LSU was the first signs of that. Um, But yeah, the commitment to Robbie's going to be a runner and we're going to utilize his legs didn't happen until the change in regime, really. Like LSU was yeah. the first kind of spread out situation. And I think that they should have stick stuck with that a little bit longer. But uh, the, the pivot to Robbie as the runner and hey, he's got next level athleticism. This needs to be a part of our game plan, not a breaking case of emergency situation, I think was the better move. Yeah, Derek Keesau was the worst thing to happen to Auburn football in a long time. Yikes, man. I mean, I think I think the promotion of him and the failure to be able to get uh, the guy from Seattle. What's his name? I don't know how it's escaped Austin, me, right? Austin um, Davis. Yeah, yeah, Austin Davis, right, uh, was the downfall of Harson. Say what you want, you know. And yeah, I, I mean, I, listen, I, it, it it had ripple effects. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not getting Austin Davis in here, and then eventually having to go with the like tenth pick, offensive coordinator, really hurt everybody. Yeah, 
So. He was the Mr. Irrelevant that didn't pan out. Oh, my like God. Another Brock Purdy show. And, and for the record, I, I heard no good things about Key South. Zero. Yeah. You know, and we I'm pretty plugged in when it comes to some of this stuff. I just yeah, listen, like he came here as an analyst, and I think that that's really what he wanted to do. He was thrust into the on-field coaching situation after the corn firing, and then he got thrust into the offensive coordinator situation after um, Austin uh, Davis didn't pan out. You know, uh, for, for what it's worth, he might not have been a great on-the-field coach, but he mm-hmm. was definitely a team-first guy who was willing to step up and make stuff happen when it's like, all right, well, you need me to do this, coach, I got you. and just he just wasn't well equipped to do that yeah he he that wasn't his bag yeah shouldn't should have been dana jones i think garner can push robbie hard in the spring and fall practice that is the sincere hope of mine i hope so push too him hard i hope so too i hope he's on his ass the whole time yeah right because again uh you need competition yeah where there, where there is no competition uh you may not have players that are pushing themselves to the next level. Now, Robbie Ashford is is the ultimate competitor. He he's competing with himself in his head all the time. You know, he's hard on he's very hard on himself. But you do hope that he feels holding on his heels all spring. For sure. Right? And that's good for the both of them. Yep. Haley Tubbs jumps in. Holden isn't mobile, and we don't know what the O-line is going to look like. We haven't seen much of him either, and what we saw last year was rough. Listen. That that drive and a half that he got against Missouri was tough to watch. It was, but again, system, system, system. There was no plan. It looked it all looked awful. It was an ugly. I mean, that game was ugly. So you know, Robbie's was the one. His legs were the redeeming thing about that game on offense. Yeah. So I don't disagree with with Haley here. Um, we actually agree on most things. Uh, I just think. We got to give him a chance this spring because he also got nothing but QB three reps in the spring mm-hmm. last year, and he'll be getting QB two reps presumably. This well, no, not presumably. We know he'll be getting QB two reps, and, and he was, and, he was really kind of splitting those QB three reps because though he never saw time in a in an Auburn uniform in a game, you still had um, Zach Calzada out there taking reps in the fall. That's, that's right. That's right. I mean, um, it was tough. I think it was tough. You know, he had TJ, Robbie, and Calzada on the roster. I mean, and, and you're talking about, you know, um, two guys who had real game experience and then Robbie, who, you know, has, it was the best athlete out of all of them. Right. And then here you come, a true freshman, just trying to find out where the practice field is. <laughs> so uh, this, this, this will be a very, very different look for holding going into the spring where because they didn't bring a uh another quarterback in he's not competing for qb2 yeah he is, yeah, at he, least he is the QB2. presumed qb2 day one and he's going to get reps with the, with the ones this sure. spring as well too so it's going to be very different i think we just it's wait and see Haley. is what i'm saying it's wait and see for sure Paul Tupto says he's overlooked because we had a different starting QB with the ability to extend plays. Holden with a second more in the pocket can definitely be a difference maker. Paul, this is a very intelligent comment. Now, let me tell you why. A second for a quarterback is a lifetime in football. Yeah. Right. The average time to throw in the SEC last year was 2.5 seconds. If your O-line is giving you longer than that, you're in heaven, right? 
Mac Jones's O line, they were giving him four or five seconds at times. That was one of the best O lines I've ever seen. Bryce Young's O line, he had to have the ball out of his hand in 2.3 or he was getting hit. Now we looked at these numbers because PFF keeps all the time to throw stats. So, yes, this is, I love this comment because at the end of the day, uh, Holden is going to need that extra second in the pocket. Now, listen, he still has to make quick decisions. That 2.5 is a real number. He needs to have, on average, he needs to have the ball out of his hand in that amount of time. But um, if they can give him a second more to scan the field because coverages start to break down. So if you're actually protecting your quarterback, somebody's open after three and a half seconds. <laughs> and if he can find that guy, uh, he'll be dangerous. Yeah, for sure. Lee Bands jumps in and said, I was watching Holden's highlights from high school in A-Day. Nothing but dimes. Nothing to add here. Yes, 100%. That's why we recruited him. Riley M., the O-line and its progress will be a major factor in determining how much Holden Gariner is able to challenge, in my opinion. Agreed as well, too. If they can't protect, he, he, I, don't, I don't see how he's the guy. Unless, unless, again, he is just so quick with the football and the routes from the receivers are just so sharp that it just doesn't matter. Like, come at me. when you Because when you blitz, somebody's open. Right. Right? Or somebody's one-on-one with their man. Right. And if you can de- deliver an accurate football, uh, you know, our, you hope those guys win. Listen, so. the time it took... Uh, I'll give... A, 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 I'll say a nice thing about the Dallas Cowboys here. The time it took between... The drop back that um, Dak Prescott had, and he threw that bomb to C.D. Lamb up the sideline when they were down inside their own 10-yard line or inside their own 15 to start that drive. wasn't very long. Dak got back to his back foot and threw the ball 50 yards in the air. Like It was, it was quick how, how quickly he got that ball out to, to C.D., and C.D. just went up there and got it. You'd be surprised how little time it takes to get downfield for these guys are fast right like i think people forget what speed really looks like down the field it doesn't take a whole lot of time if you got a guy who can go up and get it and you've got a qb who can deliver it accurately so to your point sometimes it's about one-on-one matchups right all right Right. cool you want to blitz that's fine you just put uh freaking cam freaking brown one-on-one with some DB out there. I'm going to back shoulder you to death. I'm going to get on my back foot and I'm just going to throw a jump ball up there to this guy. Or I'm going to, or I got Mardner on the outside. We're just going to throw a jump ball on the outside. Blitz, that's fine. I'm just going to take one step, throw a jump ball to a guy. He's going to go up there and get it. Good luck. Yep. Yep, I agree. One-on-ones. Can Auburn win one-on-ones? And if Holden Garner can throw, you know, uh, uh, good jump balls, that'll be something that, you know, we haven't seen for a while at Auburn yeah. either. Now, because yeah. we, we talked about who's who's going to be the jump ball guy <laughs> this year. That was another discussion we had previously. Uh, but, you know, you can't have a good jump ball guy unless you have a guy who can throw a good jump ball. So, correct. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do there. Lawrence Robinson jumps in. Holden's quick release seems like a fit for Hughes' passing attack. Uh, yeah, listen, nothing like a quick release. Get the ball out of your hands before the defense can react, make it accurate, and then let the receivers do their work. So, agree. 
James Barnett jumps back in. Holton is a sneaky runner. If you don't account for him, he will burn you. I will report back on this after the spring, James. I was about to say, I, I literally, <laughs> like, not even joking, never seen Holton Garner run. Just uh, yeah. never, like, I just never seen him run. I know. Like, is there, is there like a picture from his childhood with him running from a dog or something? Like, <laughs> we have. But, to maybe know. I need to go back and watch his high school tape, and then there's something there where he's escaping. The, I just, I've, I've never seen it. And that, that, again, that's not me saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying I've never physically laid eyes on him doing it. Yeah, for sure. We we need to know if it's if it's true. Holden, if you're watching, send us some childhood yeah, just go running get, on the playground. Right now, you guys are doing weight training. <laughs> just go get on Instagram and get somebody to hold your camera and then have you just take off running and people be like, huh? Holden can run. Look yeah. at that. Both of his see. legs work. We need to see it. We definitely need to see it. Full sprint, though. I don't want to see a jog, bro. Like I'm talking about like it doesn't have to be your best 40 time, but I just want to see maybe maybe do this for me. Holden, if you're watching, I'm gonna take. All right, I'm going to do the whole Hugh Freeze thing here. Right? I'm going I'm to have a thing where I clip the video so I can send it and tag Holden. I don't even know if Holden's on social media like this, but here we go. Holden Gariner, if you're watching. <laughs> Auburn fans want to know if you have mobility. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the challenge for your... And I guarantee you this social media video will go crazy. Listen yeah. to your boy Ike Jones right here on The War Report. I want you to simulate a snap, take a three to five step drop and then just take off running. Like, don't try to throw just up and then run. And people are going to be like, oh, look, Holden can run. Yeah. Run for like 10, 15 yards. If that video clip of you dropping back and then running for 10 to 15 yards is less than 20 seconds in totality, I guarantee you it's going to be widely shared. And you can thank your boy Ike Jones right here at the War Report for giving you that tip. Yeah. I, you know, um, for those of you who watched the show, you know, I was recently diagnosed with lupus. And <laughs> one of the things that the doctor said might help me is a video of Holden running a 40 or something. So Holden saved me, man. Like, yeah, you're my only help me, Holden. You're my only hope. <laughs> All right. Dana I wanna, Jones. I would have built that for a while. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I get listen. at least four more months with that, right? <laughs> Dana Jones jumps back in. I think it may come down to who can make quick and correct decisions on a consistent basis. Listen, this is playing quarterback. I was just about to say that. He <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. This is playing quarterback. Uh, Dana, I want to thank Dana. Uh, she is a uh, patron member. Um, I don't know that I've seen her name in the comment section before, but I'm happy yeah, to see her. Yeah, definitely a new and, and commenting a lot, so we appreciate that. Yeah, listen, we, uh, we, we, we take note of the people who comment, uh, and when you guys aren't here, we miss you. So thank you, Dana, for joining the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Todd Jordan, our guy, how long until we get to the point where players are signing contracts with their respective universities? Uh, it's pretty much what an NIL deal is. I mean, it's not so with the university itself. NIL is no. with a collective or with some other person. It's pretty much uh, what we're doing I don't now, think we'll, I don't know that we'll ever get to a university contract. Um, I mean, they sign contracts with the university. It's called a, a letter of intent. <laughs> yeah, which is why the whole Rashada incident is, you know, so it's just not a monetary exchange other than scholarships situations. But, and um, stipends. <laughs> they yeah, get so, stipends too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you essentially are signing contracts right now. But yeah, I, to your point, I understand it's going it, to, is it going to turn into semi-pro ball? I don't know that we'll ever get to that place. Maybe, maybe we will. I don't, I just don't know that that's ever going to be a situation for collegiate athletics because then it, you, you change the dynamic of what your university budget is when you have to put that burden on the school. 
Um, so they like it better when it's boosters and it can be outside of the university system. Uh, because then you start talking about having to have played employees and you got to get into an insurance situation. Like yeah. it becomes a monster once the schools are directly responsible for that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, retirement, like so much stuff. Anyway, Lawrence Robinson jumps in, looked like Will Friend or Ike Hilliard should have gotten the promotion over Kisau. Uh, listen, there were some players who told me this. That they wanted, they thought I, I kill your should have been promoted to offensive coordinator, and uh, we were told uh, by a reliable source that um, he was not given the in the he wanted to. Now, listen, uh, you know when I say this, I know there are going to be a bunch of people that say, "But Mike, you know, he was a short term fix. He wasn't going to stay. Who cares? If you are a successful program, you're cycling through coordinators anyway." Auburn fans need to let go of this delusion that if you're going to be successful and hold on to coordinators, you're yeah, not. That if, it, if he's good, you're going to have him for two, maybe three years, and he's gone. That's it. Same as players. If you have a fourth-year starting quarterback, he might not be that good. Because, you know, the guys who are the best, you know, are, are two years and out. Yeah, because they they probably didn't play their freshman year. They came in their redshirt freshman or their sophomore year, played for a couple of years, and they bounced. Yeah. Now, when I say two years now, I mean on the field, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if they're they're on the field for two years, if they're any good, they're gone, you know, to the NFL. Um, Or, you know, and maybe there's, you know, there's some guys, there's some rarities, I think, where guys play four years and then are high draft prospects. But, you know, point point me to those. Show me those. I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't see him. So like, you know, Hilliard. Again, it's unlikely in our league, right? Like it happens in some other places, mm-hmm. but it's, it's unlikely in the SEC that you have a four-year starter. That's also a quality starter. Correct. Yeah. And the other reason why you don't have four-year starters the same way you don't have four-year coordinators, if they're any good is, is that if they're mediocre, they're probably losing the job anyway. Right. Because the level of competition in each program is so high. You know, yeah, or, or you could be Jackson Dart and be a one-year starter, and then they replace you. And then they replace I'm going to keep taking shots at this Jackson Dart situation, <laughs> if you guys didn't realize. But right, so um, yeah, so it is what it is. But um, yeah, I think Hilliard. I was disappointed that we didn't get to see what Hilliard could do as a coordinator. I, I know he was kind of like co-offensive coordinator after Harson got yeah. let go, but you know, it looked like Will Friend was calling plays. So I don't know how involved yeah, I think, he was. I think Hilliard was like a pass game coordinator, just helping to do some game plan stuff, but um, Will Friend was the actual play caller. Yeah. Yeah. Big Gap 78 says, holding for a building rapport segment. I am in favor of this. Holding. Yeah. Right, listen, folks, man. Hey, listen, we'll sign the NIL contract. <laughs> so <laughs> just uh, hit us up. But we are out of here. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning with another great edition of the Morning Drop. Until then, and as always, War Eagle... We are out of here. Peace.